Well, greetings all of our family and friends. This is the senior pastor of This Rock International, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I want to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. At the moment, I'm traveling right now in the city of Cape Town doing ministry, but I was so uh, blessed to be able to come and bring this word of the Lord to you. I wanted to continue what we talked on last week and that is the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. God is moving tremendously around the world so I'm, I'm so glad you're joining in to all of our friends and family, all of our partners joining in whether you're watching from YouTube or Facebook or our CPN uh, network. We're glad you're with us. I'm going to ask you one more time to do that work of the evangelist and what is the work of the evangelist? To share, share, share. As you share the broadcast we're asking that God would grant for his uh, spirit to be increased in the hearts and minds of his people and that for him to be glorified in everything that we do. So please share the broadcast, like the broadcast. I'm going to go to uh, continue where we left, left off last week. We spoke about the bondage of creation, how everything in existence has a sound and a frequency. Romans 8:21 tells us because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So last week we talked about creation having sound in it. We found in quantum physics, everything created has sound in it. And the, the, the science is catching up to the Bible. The Bible says in Genesis 1, God said, and he created everything you see with his words. This is why they're able now to discover that sound is in everything that exists. Rocks can cry out. We read last week in Isaiah 55 that trees can clap and mountains can sing. All of creation has a sound in it. Everything was made by him and for him. And the Bible says that creation itself has a being shall be delivered, set free, brought out of captivity by what? By the sons and daughters of God, loosing something called the glorious liberty of the children of God. Let me remind you, leadership and governing authority is the key to God releasing glory. God, when Adam fell, he had to leave the garden, leave the kingdom. The, the word guarding is the word guarded territory or walled place. That walled place, that guarded territory uh, is the kingdom. And when man fell, he was driven out of the kingdom and now living by the sweat of his brow because he partook of the wrong knowledge or information. And so when governing authority, rulership is not in the image and likeness of God, the ground comes under a curse, the earth comes under a curse, and now uh, we're living by the sweat of our brow. But let's continue. Romans 8.21 says the creature itself and everything in it will be delivered from the bondage of corrupt leadership. Remember, we talked about this last week. Corruption is not only perversion, it's not only wickedness, it's not only contamination and bribery. Bribery is tied to that word, but it is contaminated power, perverse authority. When men and women are in authority, governors and presidents and prime ministers and mayors and businessmen and owners of company and heads of departments and heads of of education are no longer in the image and likeness of God they now are subject to that spirit of corruption which produces slavery and the spirit of slavery is sowing and working and never seeing a harvest investing and never seeing a return but I want to tell you the devil is a liar there is something called the glorious liberty of the children of God I'm going to talk about that for the next just few minutes the word glory there is the he is the Greek word doxa 
where we get the word doxology. That means worship. Uh, worship releases orthodox, which is order. The heavenly order would unlock the heavenly glory. When we build something in the earth to resemble what looks like in heaven, he fills it with his glory. Let's look at Numbers 14, 21. Here is a promise. Here is a decree out of the mouth of God that as surely as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I want to tell you the earth is longing for the glory as the deer pants after the water brook, as you desire the presence, as you were made for the, uh, the earth was made for the glory. Man was made for the glory. Man was made in the image and likeness of God and man was made to live in the glory forever. If you read the story in Genesis chapter one, all the way through uh, chapter number three, when man falls and leaves the garden, man was made to live forever. We were never meant to die. We were never meant to be sick, to be poor, to be bound, to be broken. We were meant to live forever as sons and daughters of God in a kingdom as kings under the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But when man fell, he took the word of the enemy over the word of God and now as a slave to the ground he was made to rule. Therefore, the, the, the crown of thorns was put on the, on the first son of Jesus, the first son of God, the second Adam, so that we could now put on the crown of righteousness and now symbolize the breaking of the curse on the ground. So verse 21 says, as surely as I live, the earth shall be full of the glory of the Lord. Habakkuk chapter two, verse number 14 tells us the book of Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14 tells of a similar prophecy, but the Bible calls it the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory. I want to encourage you that glory is tied to knowledge, revelation, wisdom, the mind of God. The mind of God concerning how to work miracles, how to heal the sick, how to raise the dead, how to cast out devils, how to see water come out of rocks. There is wisdom, supreme knowledge, supreme understanding. This knowledge he saves for the remnant and the elect he trusts. The tree of, the, of life is a tree of revelation. That when you see it and eat it, you, you, you can never die. You partake of something. So the Bible says the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the way the waters cover the sea. So the, the glory comes in waves. The fullness of the glory would destroy us. So God sends his glory in waves. If you've ever been to the ocean, there's a wave of glory, a wave that comes. And then you go under that wave. You come back up. Here comes another wave and then another wave. It's waves of glory that, that surround the glory of, uh, that is in heaven. But the Bible says waves of glory will surround the earth. So the Bible prophesies of the earth being full of the glory. Well, most would say, well, that happens after the rapture, after we come back, after the seven-year uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, after Armageddon, that's the thousand-year millennial reign. Now, let me beg to differ with you. Here is what uh, Ephesians 5, 27 says, that he's coming back for a church, a bride that is full of the glory of the Lord. I'm going to say that again, that Jesus is coming for a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. Well, you say, well, by faith, we don't have spot or wrinkle. No, sir. No, ma'am. He's not coming for a broken church, a divided church, a wounded church, uh, a powerless church, a broke church. He's coming for a church that's walking in the glory. The doxa of God, the, the kebab, the weight of God. So one of the purposes of God raising the church and so the church walks in a level of glory, a level of power. So the Bible says he'll return for a glorious church. Now we're going to look at that word glory again. 
the first, uh, that word in Greek is the word doxa. And again, the root word of dox, doxa is where we find doxology, which is worship. I said it before, worship, true worship releases orthodox or order. The order of God looses the glory of God. If I can build my home after the order, I can have glory in my home. If I can build my church after the heavenly pattern, I can see glory in my church. The challenge is man's order versus God's order. God's order is perfect and divine. And when man's order aligns with God's order, the supernatural begins to be, be made manifest. Here's what Exodus 25 verse 8 and 9 says, that, that Moses was called to build a tabernacle in the earth after the pattern that was in heaven. I'm going to repeat that. Moses was called to build a tabernacle in the earth realm after the pattern in the heavenly realm. And when Moses built something down here that looked like up there, his glory could come. Here's what God said to Moses. Let them make me a sanctuary, a dwelling place, a place to abide that I may abide among them. Now we know this tabernacle was made with hands. God is looking to make one not made with hands. We are the tabernacle outer court, inner court, holy of holies in the tabernacle. We have heart, soul, and mind. We have three dimensions as well. And we are the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost according to Corinthians. But let us make me a sanctuary. Let it be built after the image and the replica of what's there builded down here. Look at verse number nine, Exodus 25, nine, according to what I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of the instruments, therefore shall you make it. So God is commissioning Moses, commissioning the man of God with wisdom. Blessings to all of you watching. We pray the increase of this broadcast over your life and miracles over your family. According to all that I revealed to you, I want you to build this thing after the pattern. So I want to tell you there's a pattern for your marriage. There's a pattern for your home. There's a pattern for your church. The, the closer you get to the pattern, the more the glory comes. The further I stay from the pattern, the more I live in the flesh, the more I do it in my own power. When I can build something here that, rep, that is a replica of what's there, his glory comes. According to the pattern of the tabernacle, you shall make it and the instruments shall you create it. You see, whatever God forms, Genesis chapter 2 they're putting that up, Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into man. So before God could breathe into man, and before it could live, he had to form it. Whatever God can form, he can feel. And whatever he feels, he breathes on. And whatever he breathes on, it comes to life. I'm going to say that again. Whatever God forms, he feels. And whatever he feels comes to life uh, or he breathes on. And whatever he breathes on, the Bible says it comes to life. There he forms the man. He shapes him. And here is what verse 6 says. Water came from the earth to water the ground. And there came a mist out of the earth. Mist came. And the mist watered the face of the ground. So what happens when dirt hits water? It creates mud. And mud makes something pliable. You've ever, you remember Play-Doh or the kids have, uh, they use now slime. And if it's not kept in a certain temperature, it dries out. And now the clay that should be soft is hard. Even God can't work with hard earth. So before God could form Adam, he watered the earth. And the word dust is not actually air or dust or, or dirt. It's actually mud. 
Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man from the mud of the ground. When water and dirt come together, it's formable. God can't work with dryness. God needs us to be formable. Can the the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Can we resist him? We can, but we shouldn't. And the Lord God formed man from the mud of the earth. And after God formed him with pliable mud, with pliable earth, then he breathed into that thing. God only breathes into what he's allowed to form. And if he's not allowed to form it, he can't breathe into it. And if he never breathes into it, it never becomes alive. It stays dead. That's what a golden calf is or a graven image or an idol is. An idol is something we form from our own imagination. It's something we build. A golden calf is something we think of, not God, that we form in our own image and in our own likeness, and we expect God to bless it. God does not bless our own ideas, our own concepts. He blesses his word. We don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in the word of God. Romans chapter 10 tells us, the scripture tells us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. We're not made to have faith in our faith. I'm going to say that again. Romans chapter 10 Verse 17 says, so then faith cometh. Now the word cometh there is italicized, which means it's not there. Faith does not come, it just is. It exists eternally. You don't have faith come to you, you come to it. It's a substance, it's eternal, it's immortal, it's already done. You must unveil faith and step into faith and walk by faith, but it doesn't come, it already is. It exists. So faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the rhema, what was spoken. The word is the author of my faith. I don't have faith in my faith. I don't have faith in what I want. I don't have faith in what I think is good and what I think is right. I've got to have faith in what he said. What did God say? What is God saying? Have faith in what God said. If you have faith in what God says, you'll see what he says. So we formed and then he feels it. Go back to Romans 8, 21. So glory is the weight of God. In the Old Testament word is the word kabod or the word kabode. The New Testament is the word doxa. Doxa means a worship that releases order. Worship that releases doxology, order. But Old Testament is the word weight. It's kabod. It's substance. It's heaviness. God's glory is his manifested presence. It's his substance filling people, places, and things. It's his realm. It's his atmosphere invading this world and ejecting uh, what's in this world that's not of his kingdom. Sickness has to flee. Disease has to flee. Darkness. The earth and creation and everything in it will be delivered from bondage by one thing not new governors not new presidents not new prime ministers they don't have the answer god will use these people but they're not the answer the solution is glorious freedom when you get into glory the automatic the automatic vice byproduct the immediate effect of glory is freedom chains are broken Bondages are removed. Purposeless living flees. Freedom is not just the absence of slavery, but it's the power to live as sons and daughters of God. Here's what John 8:32 says. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Every bondage is a, a result of a lie. Truth is God's eternal mind revealed. 
It's that which endures to all ages. It's eternal wisdom, eternal thoughts. It's God's perfect ideas and ideology and concepts received to a man or a woman who has known the mind of God, save who has known the mind of a man, save the spirit of a man, who's known the mind of God, save the spirit of God. And God teaches the deep things. He reveals it to us by his spirit. And the more God reveals, the more he can heal, he can deliver, he can save, he can set free. The Bible says, once you know truth, you produce freedom. Go down to verse 38. It says, also who uh, I speak to you and you've done what you've seen of your father. Actually, go back to verse 36 is what we're looking for. You will and the son, if the son therefore make you free, you shall be free indeed. So one of the purpose of sonship is freedom. If therefore son make you free, you'll be free. So the son is Jesus, but we are sons and daughters of God. I want to tell you sonship in God releases your freedom. Daughterhood in God releases your freedom. When you become a son or daughter of God and grow up into him, freedom is your reward. Freedom is your inheritance. We talked about this uh, last week. Uh, it's found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 verse 17 that the spirit of the Lord produces liberty. The spirit of the Lord, now the Lord is that spirit. It's the spirit, go back to, to verse 16, that takes away the veil. What is the Holy Ghost? He's a revealer. So here, here is the Holy Ghost. If you can imagine, here is truth, wisdom, who you really are, the answer, the solution to your problem. Everything you need is right here. But here is the problem. It's it's covered up. It's It's hidden. You can't see the answer. You don't know which way to go. You don't know how to get the answer. So what the Holy Ghost does, which is the spirit of Apocalypto, the revealer, what he does is he reveals what's already been there. The miracle's there. Now, in the Holy Ghost, when the heart shall turn to God, the veil, the blindfold that blinds you, that blocks your vision, is taken away. That veil was put on the hearts when the Bible says when they when Moses came down from the mountain, they saw the face of Moses and it looked like Jesus. It was a reflection. Remember in Exodus, the Bible says that Moses is taken off the mountain, round about verse chapter 33, and he's taken into the level of the backside of glory, not the face of glory, the backside, which means the time to come. And he's taken from the mountain of Sinai and taken hundreds of years into the future and put in the Mount of Transfiguration. And there in Matthew 17, he talks with a Elijah and Jesus about the resurrection, the burial, about the things concerning his death. He's put back in time, comes down from the mountain, and Jesus was shining on the mountain. And when Moses comes down, he looks like that light. His face is also shining because you reflect what you behold. When you see him, you become like him. Verse 18 says, we are with unveiled face. So in Christ, the, and when he came down from the mountain, they said, your face is shining too bright. Let's put a veil over your face and cover the veil. But the Bible says, in Christ, the veil is taken away. It's torn away. So you can see and talk with him face to face. There's no veil in Christ. In Christ, uh, but we are with unveiled, uh, but, but we are with open face. Behold, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image from glory to glory. This is the power of liberty and freedom. God hid his glory in you, his power in you. We have the treasure in the earthen vessel. Second Corinthians four verse two speaks about there's a treasure on the inside of us. What is that treasure? It's the glory of God. We've renounced uh, the hidden things and the dishonesty of the world 
handling the word of God deceitfully. Go over to verse 7. Jump over to verse 7. The scripture says, and, and now the former thing has been passed away. The, the old man has passed. The veil is torn. But here's what verse 7 says. We have this treasure in the earth vessel. I'm the vessel. I've got a treasure. What is that? God's image. God's likeness. God's glory. And right now it's diminished. Right now, your and my treasure is diminished. It's under the influence of partial authority, partial dominion, partial identity. But in Christ, the veil is taken away and we see him face to face that the treasure that's in me comes out. Where's God's glory in me? Romans 8.18 tells us, Romans 8 verse 18, God hid his glory in us. And affliction and persecution brings the glory out. I don't like it. I don't want it, but it's a part of my destiny, your destiny. I reckon the suffering of this present time are not compared to be to are not to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Where's God's glory? It's in us. Where's his Holy Ghost? In us. Luke 17, 21 says, The kingdom of heaven is not here or there, it is within us. That kingdom doesn't come with observation. The, the kingdom is not there, it's not here. It is in us. It's inside of us. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 tells us, uh, verse 27, Colossians 1 verse 27 tells us, to whom God would make known the riches of the mystery among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where's the glory in you? Who's in you? Christ, the kingdom, the fire, the power, the miracle, the same power that rose up Jesus has, has come to live in us. And I want to pray with you. I want to tell you, liberty is your portion. Liberty is your call. Liberty is your design and destiny. Here's what uh, Romans 8.21 says, that bondage and corruption will free creation through glory that produces freedom of the sons and daughters of God. So in order for God to release change, God has to raise up his children. Here is the answer. Proverbs 29 verse 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the land is blessed. The people rejoice. There is rejoicing. When the righteous are in authority, there's a blessing on America, on California. There's a blessing on South Africa. There's a blessing in London. There's a blessing around the world. When the righteous are there, but when the wicked are in authority, there's a groan and a mourning in the land. There's a grieving in the land. There's a cry because wickedness is never meant to be an authority. Never, never, never is it. It was God's plan. It's never. God does not license wicked authority. Will God use it? He'll use it ultimately for his good. The moment Adam fell, boom, he was kicked out of the garden. That's how it works. The moment you are no longer fit for leadership, you cannot, you, you must examine the hearts of what you're leading and walking in authority. And when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when wicked rule. So what is the solution? Judges chapter 3 as we're getting ready to conclude verse 9 the Bible says God is going to raise up deliverers God is going to raise up men and women who are going to change the world who are going to be light in the darkness peace in the midst of storms joy in the midst of tribulation Judges chapter 3 speaks of a time of persecution because the people of Israel had sinned and turned from God and God delivered them into the hands of their enemy and the children of Israel began to cry to the Lord and the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them even Othniel the son of Canaz so God says they were delivered into the hand of the enemy 
enemy because of their wickedness, because of their disobedience, and now they're under persecution. And the Bible says the children of Israel cried to the Lord and called out to God. And the Bible raised up a deliverer. That's how God does it. You're that deliverer. You're that healer. You're that miracle worker. I can't do it. You can do it. But God in us. Emmanuel is God in us, not with us. God, L, M, in man. God in man. He didn't die to be with us. Not a good translation of the Greek there. God in us. He said, I will be with you, but uh, soon I will be in you. He's not in you. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the miracle worker. And the children of Israel cried, and the Lord rose up a deliverer, even Othiniel, the son of Canaan. Caleb's younger brother was risen up. The, son, the, the younger brother of Caleb, God rose up. God will bless your lineage. God will bless your children. God will deliver. Verse 10 says, he, he was risen up and the spirit of the Lord came on him and he judged Israel. And he went to war and the Lord delivered that long name, Kershanamayam Shandalamonde, king of Mesopotamia, in that into his hand. And he prevailed against them. The enemies of God were brought to nothing. And God rose up a deliverer, a, 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 a vessel, like he rose up Daniel, like he rose up Esther, like he rose up Joseph, like he rose up Deborah, like he rose up Samuel. See, 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 God is going to raise up somebody. You see, in the book of Judges, God rose up a man named Samson. But Samson did not have character. And his character, lack of character destroyed him. He broke his covenant with God. God still used him at the end. He was naked. He was blind. He was ashamed. But God put his spirit back on him at the end because he compromised. He watered down his conviction. And it was not three things he wasn't supposed to do. Number one, not drink wine. Number two, not touch the dead. Remain among the dead. You're not made to handle the dead. And these covenants he broke one by one and number three not cut his hair these were the three things he wasn't supposed to do and there he is drinking the wine there he is handling the dead and the spirit is still on him but he 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 laid his head in the lap of delilah he compromised and she was designed in his imagination and she spoke to him the right way and he played games and finally he played with sin enough to where sin took a hold of him and, and the Bible says he told the secret and she cut his hair and he got up when the enemy came and he didn't realize the spirit had left him. Oh God, don't let that be us. Samson got up and didn't realize his, the spirit had left him and he shook himself and nothing was there. And the Bible says he was enslaved. The deliverer of Israel was enslaved. They plucked his eyes out. They put him in a meal. That means he had to walk in a circle. Just walk in circles. They brought him out for, for sport. This was the champion of Israel. They kept him alive. But the Bible says while he was in that slavery, he prayed to God and his hair grew back. And he said, God, let your spirit come on me one more time. And the Bible says out of a place of shame and desperation and, and out of a place of brokenness, he, he, he prayed and he, 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 the spirit came on him and, and it, he pushed those pillars and crushed the Philistine leadership in that, in that day. But it was a story of shame, not of honor. 
because he wasn't a man of character. God will raise up a deliverer, but is there character in the deliverer? How do you handle leadership? How do you handle waiting? How do you handle people you don't like? God is preparing an army. Obadiah 21, one chapter in the book of Obadiah. The Bible says an army of saviors shall arise. An army of deliverers. The word savior doesn't mean somebody, somebody, uh, the Messiah. It simply means uh, a, a deliverer. Obadiah 21, only one book in the, in the, in the, in Obadiah. Obadiah verse 21. Going to read that very quickly. Here's what it says. And saviors shall come out of Zion to judge Mount Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Who's going to rise up? An army of saviors. That sounds weird. I know I grew up in church, one savior, one Lord. No, no. Savior just means deliverer. An army of deliverers, an army of, of warriors, an, an army of heroes. What is a hero? Somebody who lays down his life for others. And that's what we're called to do, be heroes. Not that we get the glory, that he gets the glory. That we lay down, an army of saviors will come out of Zion to judge Esau. The house of Esau, the house of perversion, the house of compromise. And the kingdom shall be the Lord's again. When he raises up not one savior, for the Bible says, unless a seed falls to the ground, it dies alone. But if that seed dies, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus was that seed. A corn of wheat had to die. You see, Jesus was a seed. Jesus was a seed. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was a seed. And the purpose of that seed was to reproduce. Uh, the purpose of that seed was to go into the ground and die. And as that seed went into the ground, the Bible says it, be, it would begin to bear much fruit. I want to tell you, God wants to bear fruit in your life. He wants to reproduce. John 12, 24, it says, Verily I say unto you, unless a seed of wheat, a corn of wheat, falls into the ground and died, it's alone. According to Galatians 3, 16, Christ is a seed. He had to be buried and put into the tomb so he could reproduce. What does a seed reproduce after its own kind? Christ is that seed. Now Abraham, to Abraham and his seed, he said, not seeds of many, but as of one. And that seed is Christ. So Christ is that seed. John 12, 24 said, unless a seed or corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, uh, and dies, it remains alone. But if it die, it produces much fruit. God wants to reproduce himself in a generation. Not one, not one Christ, but many Christ in us. He's the head. We're never the head. We never receive worship. We're never to receive worship. We always worship. We point people to Jesus, but we're made to be deliverers. Men and women. See, this is the problem. We've, we've, we've disconnected ourselves from our identity. The Bible says there shall be something called the glorious liberty of the sons of God. I'm done. I said I wasn't going to be long today. I want to pray with you. Creation, the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. The children of God are the answer to your nation, to our global economic crisis, to our governmental crisis, to our healthcare crisis, to our education crisis, to our social crisis, to our racial crisis, to, to our, our, our sex slavery crisis, every crisis, every, every financial crisis, every famine that's coming. The answer is God in man. The sons and daughters of God, you are that answer. I want to pray for you. If you're listening, I pray according to the word of God that the hand of the Lord would be over those listening under the sound of my voice. That wherever they need you to be, light and hope and strength, strengthen that man of God. Strengthen that woman of God that they would be a deliverer, a minister of truth.
They would be a vessel that brings Christ into every situation. Heal and deliver, save and change. Many saviors will rise. Many deliverers will rise. Just means one who saves. Many heroes are going to rise. Deliverers that change the world, let them rise. Let an army rise up of power and a church in whom the gates of hell will not prevail. I speak life, I speak blessing, and I speak healing in Jesus' mighty name. We say amen and amen. I'm so- Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.